How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Good evening. You are looking live and inside the locker room. I am your co-host, Brian Mosalem, alongside my co-host, the Honorable Jason Strayhorn. How you doing, Brian? It's a great I, week, isn't it? You know what? How many times in our life do we wait for a week like this? I mean, it's never happened before in our lifetime. Not since 19 and the 64 have both teams been undefeated and been ranked in the top 10. And, you know, we're talking about the backyard brawl, Michigan versus Michigan State week in East Lansing. The whole eyes, all the eyes of uh, college football, the world of college football will be focused in East Lansing on Saturday, a noon kickoff, ESPN game day, Fox big noon kickoff. I mean, it's going to be jumping out there. Why is it a noon kickoff anyway? <laughs> like, why are we doing noon? I mean, we're still mad about it. Uh, I'm we still are. mad about the noon kickoff. We just had to get up earlier, man, and get the party started early. That's all. That's all we had to do. But, you know, you talk about a, just a colossal showdown. You talk about two programs that really are still trying to find their way, yep. right, that yep. are, are coming off of, uh, um, you know, mediocre seasons and, Without question, Coach Tucker's done an amazing job. Uh, Jim Harbaugh's kind of, you know, rallied the troops. And you're heading into a showdown here that has both fan bases very, very excited. Yeah. You know, t tell us your thoughts on that. <laughs> I mean, my thoughts are it's going to be a lot of pain. It's going to be a lot of suffering, a lot of pain and pressure. You know, the strain and the struggle that Coach Tuck. It's, it's all those things. I'm going to start quoting Tuck, the, the, <laughs> the great philosopher Tuck. You know, I mean, this is, this is not going to be an easy game. I don't care what side you're on. This is going to be a battle, man. This is going to be one of those, you know, slobber knockers, you know, hey, who's the last man standing? I think that there's great athletes. There's a lot of power on both sides. There's a ton of determination. There's no question about it. And it's going to be the team who controls that football, holds on to it, and makes the least mistakes at the end of the day that's going to win this one. I mean, you've got to come. Everybody's going to want to win this. Everybody wants to win. Everybody knows how important this game is. The fan base, the janitor, the <clears throat> alumni, you name it, everybody, everywhere, every place, this is it right here. This is. This is it. I think we've even gotten past the whole – Michigan overlooks Michigan State, you know, for, for Ohio State because of the, the results of that series over the last 20 years. I think years. you're 9-5 over the last 14 years. You kind of get over that when Michigan State beats Michigan, right, don't you? <laughs> you yeah. You know, you, you <laughs> it's lose a, it's that a serious moniker thing. Yeah, of we're, we're little not, brother or whatever they want to say over there. But when you walk, when you walk the way we've, we've, you know, we've over the last, you know, uh, decade and a half, we've pretty much handled the series. Kind of all that goes away, don't you think? I mean, and you talk about that last decade and a half, and most of those wins came from one special guest who's going to be on the show later tonight. Oh, boy. Don't Mark D'Antonio. Don't, don't get me excited right now. Eight don't. and five. <clears throat> I can't. You know, I don't. He, you know, he changed the whole trajectory of the a rivalry. Uh, so I don't. Don't get me going right now. Let's just. <laughs> let's. Let's. 
Hold our powder. <laughs> Tell me what it was like, Jason, playing in that game. Oh, it was great. I mean, this is a game that when you come to Michigan State, you realize how big and how important it is from day one. <clears throat> every week, I remember George Perlis used to practice a little bit, one little period on Michigan every day, every week. And when it became Michigan week, it was, in, it was impossible. You could not wear blue. No one wanted to wear blue. I don't think many guys were going to class. It was, it was crazy. What? What? <clears throat> They're know, missing class? I, I, heard, I heard about that. <laughs> who, of, course, of course, we went who to class. Missed class? We, we went to class. Well, Some a, other guys didn't uh, go to class. I was an academic all We ain't going to say nothing about that. I didn't miss class. We ain't calling nobody out. None of them Spartan dogs. <laughs> <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> but like, but, there was a certain intensity and a rivalry to this, to that week. Like that intensity of that week, like you can't replicate. All right. When you went to practice that Monday, like I specifically remember Nick Saban. It was that <laughs> Monday. It was his birthday. We just lost to Wisconsin. And we, it didn't matter. We were, it's Michigan week. And we were focused. This is, I'm talking 1995, right? And we were ready to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When Nick looked older back then than he does now. Uh, <laughs> is he know. on HGH too? No. No, Nick's okay. not on HGH. No, you said the GOAT. Tom Brady was on HGH. I yeah, didn't know if you yeah, met the but GOAT. Nick died there a little, got yeah, some he, contacts. You know, it looks, it looks good. He looks, looks very good. good. Absolutely. It's this weekend. It looks good. Real but good. when you talk about that game, right, and you just the way you planned, that whole week was different. The intensity and practice was different. Uh, the way we prepared was different. The focus everywhere, the attention to detail from kickoff, kick return, uh, every little thing, it was just different. And I think when you went to class, <clears throat> those of you that did, and when you walked the, the hallways, the, the streets of East Lansing, just trafficking about your normal day-to-day business, you felt attention in the air. And everyone is talking about the big game. You know, it's a big one this week. This is the week, guys. You going to bring this one home? What do you guys think? That, 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 that's the same feeling that we get today as former players that have nothing to do with what's going to go on on the field. But you still have that, those butterflies come Saturday morning, right? You're still going to feel like those young men are going to feel when they walk over from the Kellogg Center with Mel Tucker and company as they walk into Spartan Stadium knowing that they're preparing to do battle. And their very careers are going to be fine, be defined upon what they do after that noon kickoff. So it means a lot, man. It means a whole lot. People carry that with them. You don't take this game lightly. You can't. I mean, I'm 47 years old, and I, and I woke up Monday morning, and I just I said, shut it down. Shut the, <laughs> shut the whole week no down. No working. No work. Nothing. I mean, I've gotten and, a lot of calls from you this week. Wow. I mean, I'm just, I'm just excited. You're checked out at I'm, work. Am, I'm checked out. How your partners feel about that? <laughs> no, they're fine. They're fine. You know, they know how they know. They, you. they know it's Michigan week. Mm-hmm. Just shut the whole thing down because the focus changes everything, and it's, it's really exciting for the state of Michigan, right? Oh, for the whole state itself. You got two seven and zero teams. You have the banter between fans. You have households divided. You have. <laughs> Everybody excited, and I, I can't tell you how many texts I got this week talking about, I can't wait till Saturday. I can't sleep. I can't focus. I can't this. I can't that. And, like, to me, that's, that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Yeah. I mean, it means everything. It does. It's, it's a great time. You know, this is a great time of year. The weather's turning. 
the trees are turning colors and you know there's going to be a lot of bruises and blood sweat and tears out there on saturday and a lot of cheers too you know a lot of people you know somebody's going to leave out of there a winner somebody's going to be a loser and everyone wants it to be them the winner everybody wants to be on that winning side man but what do you think are the keys for michigan state do we have any footage of the 95 game let me go down memory roll a little bit. Back when I played, God, I mean, look at the, the, the film looks like. Can look at right guard right there, right guard. That's that's Nigeria Carter right there going over to. to that was fourth down. Him calling Derek Mason inbounds. That's probably was my Tecmo greatest. Era. That was my greatest. That was Tecmo Bowl, guys. <laughs> that was my. I'm, I'm shocked that's in color, right? Look at this play here. This is this Tony is uh, this is uh, Scott Scotty Green. Green breaking it up the middle here, right last minute of the game. This next play is unbelievable because Rod Woodson. I'll see you, pops. Right here, Rod Woodson's a true freshman. Everybody thought Rod Woodson had this pick, and Derek Ohio Derek, Player of the Year. Derek came down and had that play. Freshman, unbelievable. Just didn't get the hops on that one, did he? Yep, yep. Derek came down, 13-year mm. NFL, 14-year NFL career. Right there, last play of the game. Great, oh, great block take. by that oh. right guard. He's up to oh, Masal, look at that arm Look at the Nigeria Carter. Ninety-five. Snow was coming down. It was just a magical, magical day. They were ranked seventh in the nation. Those were the memories that the I catch. had. Oh, Nigeria, when he took that down, I was, I was in awe. Like it was, <laughs> it was surreal. I mean, those are some of the great memories, in in all the college football that I have ever had experienced and. You know, you like you wonder in the business world what can replicate that feeling. Like <laughs> nothing. How do you, nothing. Nothing. How do you ever come back and say that exhilaration, that feeling, that chopping, 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 battling, coming back, you know, down 20, 25, I think it was 20, 21, and scoring that touchdown? The memories of that game will, will be ingrained in me forever. <clears throat> Oh man! Hundred pounds ago, a, yeah, hundred pounds ago, they they caught a picture of you in the paper, right? Twenty what? Twenty some years ago? Man, do we have that picture? No, you? I don't think we do. Oh come on, man! That picture can't fit in the screen. <laughs> that picture. He can't. was a true offensive lineman, that ladies and gentlemen. He was. That picture cannot no, fit in the screen out. at all. So when you talk about, <laughs> so we're heading into the big game, right? Yeah. We have seven and zero versus seven and zero. And, and just a colossal showdown. I mean, they're heading for a crash course collision. And if you remove the emotion from this, right, you remove the hatred, you remove the rivalry, and you, go to, you get to X's and O's, and you talk about, all right, what does it take to win this game? All right, when you look at all the different things that, like, especially in this rivalry, all right, now I believe twice, I believe two times over the last 30 some years, the team that has not led in rushing has won. One of them was in 95. Very rare. Yeah, it's very rare. So usually the team that you know rushes for more yards win this game. But when we talk about the keys to the game, all right, when we look at this game and we talk about the keys, and they both have, you know, stellar stellar folks on on both sides of the ball, right? I mean, Michigan's D line, Aiden Hutchinson, is probably the, one of the mm. best players. And then, and then, top ten pick for sure. A no lock. question, no question. And, and we talk draft. about our offensive line that has tremendous depth. They roll in two lines, right? Yep. I think the number one key to the game, as always, is to control the line of scrimmage. All right. If, in my opinion, 
whoever controls the line of scrimmage, especially in this game, right? Who, who out physicals, out toughs up front. Because we know Michigan's going to try and run the ball. Oh, yeah, they are. Yeah, we know they're going to try and, and run the ball. They're physical, too, now. Yeah, they're going to try and run the ball. And it's all about us being able to control that line of scrimmage. And I think. You're getting a little of that. And a little of that. Yeah, yeah. I think that's something that's exactly. It's, 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 it's really important to do all that. Um, when we at look at. Highlights right here. I mean, these are the weapons that Michigan State has, obviously, right? You look at. The big playability of, of Jaden Reed, Peyton Thorne getting that ball, stretching, stretching the field, Jalen Naylor, defense getting after it. And so when, but as when you we, said, that, that power running game for Michigan is that, – that's going to be something it's, now. it's all about controlling the line of scrimmage, in my opinion, yeah. as the number one key to the game. When you talk about the second key to the game, you really look at um, – Winning the turnover battle and limiting mistakes. So when we started off the year, we were very crisp, right? We were, uh, we had some very crisp games, very limited in turnovers, you know, very limited in penalties. And I think really it's going to come down to that as well. It's about who can limit the mistakes, who can limit the turnovers, who can limit the sudden changes in, in the field. And, and this is something that, uh, you know, coach preaches on daily, right? It's about, it's about doing these things that, that allow you to win the game. Yeah, you can't turn the ball over in this game, man. It's, it's huge. In, in, in a rivalry game, you know, at home, you, you might have one to give away. But you better be plus in that turnover margin. You don't, you don't want to end up in a position where you're giving the ball away more than they're taking it away from you. I mean, you know, giving it away more than you're taking it away from them. You know, excuse my French. You have to hold on to the football. You have to control the line of scrimmage and play your game. That's the only way that Michigan State or Michigan has an opportunity to win this ball game. I think that, you know, when you match it up, if it's a mistake-free ball game between both teams, I think Michigan State does have more playmakers. But Michigan, with that power running attack, with that big offensive line that they have, they had to rotate some new guys in due to injury. But looking at what Corum and Haskins have been able to produce running the football it is going to be a daunting task for Michigan State's front seven. You know, looking at how they run the defense in Michigan State, they usually have about six guys in the box and they bring in a safety. Xavier Henderson, it's going to be a big game for him to be able to make the tackles that he has to in the open field and force McNamara to use the deep ball. Right now he's very efficient in short passing situations, but on the deep ball, you know, unless he catches lightning in the bottle as JT Bear did back in 2014 in Spartan Stadium, I think that that bodes well for the Spartan defense to challenge him to do so. Um, on the other side of the ball, Michigan State offensive line has their work cut out for them. As you said, they rotate a lot of players in and out, but that defensive line, that front for Michigan is outstanding. They get after the quarterback, they make plays, they have great athletes. And that's going to be a lot to handle. But being able to stretch the field with the, the receiving game, the passing game, getting K-9 out in swing pass situations, screen situations, will open up the power running game for Michigan State. As you know, that guy can run it. He can hit the home run, and he can hit it. You know, he, he'll hit you for three yards, get a carry for a while, then all of a sudden they start turning to eight yards and ten-yard carries in the th third and fourth quarter. So that's going to be – that's where the ball game is going to be, in my opinion. 
So when you win the turnover battle, all right, and you limit your mistakes, and you get in the trenches, right? Because I agree with you, Michigan's D-line is phenomenal, um, led by Aiden Hutchinson. When you watch them play up front, they're very physical. Their O-line has been pretty physical all year. Oh, yeah. They've ran the ball very, very well. Um, and so if you're able to, 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 to limit the mistakes and the turnovers, and you're able to put eight in a box, all right, and make them throw over top. I mean, that's the main thing, right? It's putting, putting eight in a box and make, <coughs> making, making them to throw over the top and forcing the quarterback to beat you. I mean, that's the main thing that you have to do, is I believe is that you have to not allow them to run the football, to control the line of scrimmage, to win the turnover battle, and you got to force the quarterback to beat you. I mean, that's what you have to do. And we've, all year we've had this bend but don't break philosophy where teams have moved the ball down on us, but when they get in the red zone. Look, in college football, it's very hard. It's very hard to go 10, 11 plays, sustained drives without making mistakes, making turnovers. And I think that's one thing that, you know, um, Coach Tucker's done very well. The bend but don't break. Yeah, Scotty Hazleton's done very well. Mm -hmm. And they know how hard it is to go 10, 11 plays and, and execute, not make a mistake, you know, not get a holding penalty, not get a turnover, drive the ball and score. And so these are the things that I think if you hang your hat on and you're able to stop the run, control the line of scrimmage, limit the turnover battle, you need to force the quarterback to beat you over the top. And that's yeah. one thing where I think, um, you know, that they do not have that explosive, those explosive players that we have on the edges in the backfield. And yeah. it's going to come down to their O-line, our D-line versus their O-line blocking them. And that's what it's going to come down to. Well, well, losing Ronnie Bell was a big deal. Yes. You know, he he's, was their best player he's on offense. Player. Absolutely and, great player. You know, losing him in a, in a punt return situation, I think early in the, the, the season, it was a big loss for them uh, as far as a deep threat, uh, a kick return threat, a guy that you know, they really wanted to hang their hat on in order to make he, – he's the Jaden Reed, if you will, of, of Ann Arbor <clears throat> and, and a guy who they sorely miss. So, you know, what do, they, what do you do now? You, you give the ball to Haskins, I mean, who's been running lights out over the last couple Quorum. of weeks. Quorum. Quorum is a guy – that's a great one-two punch, those two. Uh, and they have the big offensive line and that power running game, and they try to set you up for the, the play-action pass, try to get it over your head, as you said. So you have to be very disciplined if you're a Michigan State defender – with great eye control in that secondary and being able to get after it and get fresh bodies in there on that defensive front. Which we do. We rotate very well. We seem to rotate guys. we got a bunch of guys playing up front. Let me ask you this. Can Cade McNamara beat us over the top? <laughs> Aside from some, something happening, you know, somebody coming down and touching him on Friday night while he's down the road sleeping in, a, in his hotel room. I don't th if he's the same guy that we've seen, no. I know how resilient and, and, and young guys can grow overnight, literally, seemingly. I've seen the way that Indiana played a couple of weeks ago against us, their secondary, who was ranked 110th in the nation in pass defense. And I'm telling you, Michigan State didn't play a bad ball game offensively, and that defensive secondary played lights out. So it can happen in college football. You have the, the story, is not, it's not written in ink on Cade McNamara just yet. But from what we've seen, I don't think he can do it. So, so if we get into a situation where we can't run the ball 
and they're limiting our explosive plays and our big plays. Do we get into the, you know, this is where, you know, uh, Coach Johnson comes in and makes adjustments against Miami, right? Yeah. Where he uses their speed against them, tight end league, screen, play, screen plays, slip screens, and kind of uses some of their speed and their athleticism against them. Because we know as well, you know as well as I do. I mean, Aiden Hutchinson is a top 10 pick. He's, get, he's a force to be reckoned with. And so how do you neutralize a guy like that? You just, you have to chip him. You've got to hit him in a lot of different areas, right? You've got to bring, <clears throat> the, the line has to block him, obviously. You're going to have tight end help. You're going to have running back help. You're going to have double teams. You're going to have a lot of different w people making sure, and they know where 97 is when he lines up on every snap. He has to be accounted for. He is that good of a player. You cannot man up him and just say, let's just play you one-on-one. -on -one. That, that's not going to happen. <clears throat> if you do, that's going to be a long day. So neutralizing him, and as you said, getting into other passing. You know, you have, you have check with me. you got run pass options. You read him. That's something that Peyton Thorne and the company is going to be working on, I'm sure. Paying attention to where he's at and scheming, coming up with plays that will limit his effectiveness. You know, there's, as you know, there are plays where the defensive end can be left unblocked. He's good enough to make that play. He is. He's good enough to make that play, so you can't do that with a guy of this caliber. Somebody has to lay a hat on him at every single play in order to limit the production of, of uh, Aiden Hutchinson, or it's going to be a long day for the Spartans. So have you seen many explosive plays from Michigan this year? I'm talking 70, 80-yard no. passes, runs. No, no. No. I mean, no, not at all. And so, we, you know, we've seen that from us, right? I mean, this is the <clears throat> main, I, I think that's another factor in the game is to create and to limit explosive plays. And I think if we can, be, if we can pop one or two pass or runs, right, to be able to, to show some explosive plays. And what does that do when you have an explosive play in a rivalry game? I think it's it's a morale boost, a morale boost for the offense. <laughs> for the, I think it's yeah, a backbreaker for the. That's back a way to put it. A morale defense. boost for the offense. The stadium explodes, Brian. Every, I, I mean, everybody goes absolutely mad when there's an explosive play in a rivalry game, especially two top ten teams with all this attention. The, everybody's waiting on that. That's why you can't sleep because you're waiting on this moment right here to happen against the Wolverines. And the other side, Wolverines are waiting on that to happen against the Spartans. So let's not kid ourselves. Big plays make this thing go round. You know what? It's funny because um, we are going to, in my opinion, have to limit the explosive plays, which we've done a very good job of this year. Mm -hmm. A very good job. And I believe we're going to have to have an explosive player too. <laughs> I do. I think Like Michigan this one? Yeah. First play of the year? Yeah, I think the Michigan defense is hard to go, you know, to go 10 plays, 80 yards against. Uh, and I think in every one of our games, when you watch, you know, Michigan State play, um, you know, that that's something this offense has thrived on. That mm -hmm. it's gotten the, excited, the, the, the fan base excited about. And can we go 10 11 plays against this defense be methodical not make make mistakes and go on a 10 11 play drive and score over 80 yards can we yeah, yeah. yes we can we can we're built for that i mean there's evidence in games like you know we went we played 
you know, Western Kentucky, there was a game that you had to put together some drives there and, and limit the, the high-flying, that high-octane offense on the other side. Um, you, you've seen a team in Michigan State who's been able to take the best punch of other programs, as you saw against Nebraska, and, and still find a way in the face of a sheer loss, a sure loss, uh, you find a way to win the ball game when the chips are down and finding a, a big play here, an interception there, you know, a kick return. So manufacturing a win and manufacturing points, however they come, I think is the most important thing. because And that's what the, I think, the secret sauce for this particular Spartan football team has been thus far. There's not one way that they do it. They can do it in many ways. You know, it's funny because, uh, you know, these games have always – historically have come down to like every receiver big plays by receivers right i mean uh plexico did it some mm -hmm. years back um you know bell did it two years ago ricky white did it last year yeah. and it's going to take big plays braylon did it a couple years back yeah yeah braylon gotta give did him it. some love gotta give braylon some love oh yeah was that oh four yeah 05? man yeah heartbreaking yep what he Bra did Braylon did it. I mean, and it's come down to, you know, at the end of the day, big plays. I mean, what was that? What That was, uh, I believe that was a bell two years ago, right? In 18, where that 80-yard bomb yeah. over over the top. Those are backbreakers. <laughs> Those, Those are suck. Those absolutely suck. They hurt, you know, and, and, they, and they charge you up. Like you said, a year ago, Ricky White went nuts. I mean, 200 yards, I think it was. It was, it was something crazy, 180-plus. In the big house with no one watching. So I believe, like, for this showdown heading the keys to the game, you know, we have to control the line of scrimmage. There's no question. Right? I mean, whoever controls you control this everything. I, I like agree. Our the, guest. the noon kick. The tailgating scene. Uh, <laughs> controlling the line of scrimmage. Winning the turnover battle. Limiting mistakes. All those things, and uh, and I think we'll have a W. Yeah, let's just quit talking about all this X's and O's stuff, man. Let's talk to the expert about X's and O's, man. Do we? I mean, you know, the expert, he's special. <laughs> he's a he's a legend. Well, you're teasing us. I mean, come, let's just Mark come on, man. They don't want to hear about you and me talking about this stuff. They man. don't. I mean, Coach D is a legend. <laughs> I mean, you know, we got and there. He is. We got Coach. I mean, wow. What an honor to have Coach D here Super joining honor, us, man. you know. It's an absolute <laughs> honor. Coach D, thank you for joining us. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Can you hear We're me? hanging in here. Can you Brian's hear going on and on about you how, guys? you know, he, he sees the, the keys of this game. But uh, Co I think Coach, you like my expertise <laughs> on it? What are you talking about? Two offensive linemen talking about controlling the line of scrimmage. Shocker. It's coach, the most important thing, Coach. Coach, tell us how you feel, feel this week. I feel good about it, you know. Excited to watch it. Uh, should be a great football game. And uh, usually the team that executes you know, the best is going to win the football game, whether it's on the line of scrimmage or in the passing game or turnovers or quarterback decisions there's a, there's so many things that go into a football game you know that that uh you know dictate winning and losing so this has got it all without question coach talk a bit <clears throat> about what you're doing now uh, in retirement 
Are you enjoying yourself? Uh, playing hey, in the golf? Are you bored, Coach? Come on, don't lie to us. <laughs> yeah, you know, everybody should try it at least once, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. You know, really, I've been to a lot of football games, really. I went to see Coach Norbert play last weekend, a big win against Clemson. saw Cincinnati play. Been to the free admission states game, so that's kept me pretty busy this uh, this fall. And uh, yeah, I'm trying to become somewhat of a golfer, so I'm working at it. But uh, uh, there's always something to do. I, I don't find myself uh, uh, sitting around too much, so there's always a little bit of something to do. Got a little football fixes in August. Went to some camps. Did that in the spring as well. So um, you know, just sort of withdrawing. I'm just withdrawing a little by little. <laughs> so, but. Uh, it's been good. It's been good. And, uh, you know, my family's good. I've got a granddaughter now. And, uh, That's awesome. Oh, wow. Congrats. So I are part of our life. So do you, do you miss it? Do I miss it? <coughs> yeah. Some of it. I love the press. You know that. <laughs> uh, no, I, uh, I do. Uh, I miss aspects. So, you know, what I really miss is the players. And, you know, I get a chance to connect with the players, whether, you know, a lot of the past players and some of the current players players as well in practice or seen them at a game. I was at the Miami game down in Florida, you know, went on the team plane, so that was nice um, and uh, appreciate it. But uh, Coach Tucker's doing a great job. He and his staff, they got it rolling. I think our players are playing very, very well as well. And uh, you see big plays, you know, whether it's defense, offense, special teams, we got a lot of big plays in there. So, uh, yeah, just uh, thrill for, uh, for Michigan State. Yeah, Coach, thinking about you know, when you left and you still have a lot of players that are contributing in a big way on this team. So when you look at those guys and the, the successes they're having, how does that make you feel as someone who brought them to Michigan State and now you can watch them from afar? Well, you know, when we brought them, we talked about winning championships. And uh, regardless of who's coaching, those, th those are possibilities with the traditions that have been here and things that have been put in place and some of the legacies that have gone on through the last years. You've seen those type of things. So they have an opportunity to do those type of things. And, uh, you know, that's what's exciting for me. And, and really for me, um, to see them have success, uh, you know, is, uh, is a very big positive for, for the D'Antonio family because that was the one thing that, that I was concerned about, you know, just moving forward. Um, I wanted them to be successful and I wanted them to, feel like Michigan State was the right place to come regardless of who was the coach and um, you know they were to get going to be able to be uh, uh, move forward and then have championship dreams you, you know coach it was great when we were in coach Tucker's office to see you walk in there and it was your office in and out and your relationship with Mel <laughs> and it really made us as former players like buy-in and belief to the this is great right this is just a continuation that coach d is this is his program he's welcome he built it it's his and talk to us a little about your relationship with coach uh, tucker well mel and i have known each other probably for 25 years it goes way back so you know when i was working here with nick when you guys were playing i think you guys were i think jason you graduated in 96 98 98 yep so you're here a couple years. You were here when Mel was here. Mel was a graduate assistant force on defense mm -hmm. in the secondary with me um, and with Nick because he's going to be in there too. You know, <laughs> I, 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 that's all I remember is him yelling all at three you, of you guys. Because <laughs> my my last two were Nick's first two, and the worst job you can have is be his DB's coach. <laughs> Ask yeah, the guy there, say Mel. 
I would say there's a big silver lining in there, and he's been great to me. So yeah. Um, but uh, Mel was with us for two years there, and then on to I think Miami of Ohio, and then LSU, and then I go to to become the defense coordinator at Ohio State, and uh, you know Coach Tressel says, hey, you can hire one guy on defense, and you know I brought Mel Tucker with us. Oh, wow. And so he was at Ohio State for I think four years, three with me. I went on to Cincinnati, and then uh, you know fast forward to uh, I guess 2020, he becomes the head coach of Michigan State, and he was a guy that uh, along the way, and uh, you know when when they were the administration was asking me about who I thought would do a good job, he was one of the ones, one of the guys that I said, hey, you got to look at Mel Tucker. Tucker, so. I'm thrilled for him. He's done an outstanding job. Uh, I think he's a player's coach. You know, he's a disciplinarian. He's uh, he's a great technique coach, and he's uh, he's a he's a ball coach, and he's excited about ball. So uh, couldn't be happier. And uh, you know, right now it's seven and zero, so things are good. You know, and uh, the next one up. You know, it's always about the next one up, regardless of who you're playing. So uh, regardless of who you're playing, even this week. <laughs> <laughs> Even this week, next week, it'll be, regardless of what happens this week, there's going to be a game next week. So, you know, um, one of the things that, that I really tried to to make sure that we did, win or lose this Michigan game, how are we going to play the week after Michigan? And we tracked that for uh, 13 seasons. You had a lot of success playing against Michigan and, and the teams. You know, I used to say, uh, what, October and November are for contenders <laughs> back in the day. Yeah, back in the day, September, October, it was November for contenders, yeah. Yes. So, uh, but uh, coming down the stretch, it'll be exciting to watch. And, so, uh, Co- Coach, you took this, like this, and I don't know how intentional it was, uh, but you took this battle cry that uh, after that first loss uh, to Michigan, that you you've, you laid out those prophetic words that it uh, – it's not over. It'll never be over. It's just just getting started. Oh, guys, is it? Is it? It'll never be. Ever. <laughs> I, never. I agree. Ever. It just won't. I mean, I don't care who you talk to. You could be talking to to the mom who's married to a Michigan guy. You know, it's not over for her either. You know, and uh, so it's just sort of the way. You know, I didn't think about those things as I was sitting there at that press conference. You know, it just sort of all came to. Came to a head there, and uh, you know. But do you realize how legendary those words are? <laughs> do you realize how much Spartan Nation has grasped those words and the constant disrespect and how you you took it and and Just drove that it, mantra? Yeah. With the program. Yeah. <laughs> I think that the bottom line is, you know, regardless of what I said there, if we wouldn't have won seven out of the eight, eight next games against those guys, you know, it would have just been blown off. So I think winning winning still helps create that uh, that feel, you know? Yeah, but then think about like a few years later, right? You're at the football banquet and you point to the non-seniors and you say to them, you guys are going to be the ones. And the following year, after I think a, it wasn't a championship season, you end up going almost undefeated you went to the rose Rose bowl Bowl. and filmed the video (laughs) before it happened like like where does that come where does that what are you doing (laughs) that became prophetic how do you do that i don't know i'm blessed i guess you know 
yes, I'd uh, say so. Sometimes I look around and, and wonder, you know, how did things happen? And, um, they just happen. But I think the important thing to recognize is that everybody's got a piece of that, and especially our coaches, our staff, our administrators, um, you know, our players certainly. And you got to make plays on the field. And but once you start believing, and I really think this football team right now um, is believing. Once you start believing, believing, uh, you know, incredible things are possible. So speaking about that, does this team remind you of a team that you had at Michigan State a specific year? Looking at how they're playing and the way the season's going so far. Well, I think you've got to look back at last year. You know, it was an uncommon year. You know, they didn't have a lot of time together. No spring practice, no fall camp, you know, or backed up fall camp. And they got fall camp in September, you know, then a, a season that was sort of cut short. But they had some glimpses, uh, you know, probably a little bit like 09. And then here we come in 010. In 10, and, and uh, you know, we, we're out of the gate. You know, we go 8-0, I think, before we lose. Uh, so, you know, a little bit maybe like that football team, you know, all of a sudden you've got a guy like Kirk Cousins playing in 2010 as opposed to 2009. He was, you know, he was splitting time with Keith Nickel. You know, one guy got hurt, the next guy comes in, he gets hurt. A little bit what happened last year with Rocky and, and Peyton a little bit, sort of split mm. time. And now, and Kirk Cousins becomes the quarterback, and Peyton becomes the quarterback and plays playing very, very well, making great decisions and really, really establishing himself in, himself as a as a quarterback of not just this year but of the future so so how does it feel to be the msu's all-time winningest coach do you ever think about it yeah i i do think about that you know i think that's uh it's one of you know when I, when we were done you know uh, one thing i wanted to make sure that we tried to do was leave a legacy in some respect and you know certainly there's some things that you know that we've got to do better there always is but uh, you know we, we we established some things and and I do think that we left the left the uh, the program in, in good shape as evidence of you know the players that are playing and having success and I think one thing you got to always remember uh, you know when you come in as a new coach whether it was us going to Ohio State or you know, Mel coming here or me going to Cincinnati and you know Bobby Stoops once told me he goes hey how you like your team this second year you like it a lot better than the first year. And, uh, you know, you grow together and you change things a little bit. The culture changes a little bit. And, you know, they got to get used to you and you have to get used to them. So it's exciting to watch them, you know, perform and grow. And I'm, I'm just happy for everybody involved and for Spartan Nation. Well, Coach, as a, a young man that was raised in Zanesville, Ohio, and playing for a ton of great men and playing and coaching with a lot of great coaches and mentors, Talk about who was one of the most influential guys or people in your life to get you to where you are today. Yeah, you know, that's interesting. I've thought about that a lot throughout these years and, and probably four or five different people that I can point to. And You know, one is Coach Dale Evans, who was my secondary coach in South Carolina. You know, he sort of started me on this path to, play, to be a college football coach, so he would mm -hmm. certainly be a guy. Um, then you fast forward to a guy named Randy Hart, who really sort of brought me to Ohio State as a graduate assistant, having been with him at Purdue at one point. Um, then you got to fast forward to Jim Tressel, who was with him at Youngstown State. And then he he brought me back to Ohio State. Certainly, he's a guy. Uh, Bob Goyne gave me uh, my first head coaching job. He was a former athletic director at uh, 
at uh, Florida State. He was the AD at Cincinnati, and um, you know, was the defense coordinator at Ohio State. And then certainly Nick Saban. You know, um, Nick hired me when he first came to Michigan State, and I had the opportunity to work as a secondary coach and a defensive coach with him for five years. Uh, and um, you know, you're going to learn a lot of stuff. You know, working with him, you know, you're going to learn. You know, both him and Trestle, both those guys, um, outstanding coaches. Probably, you know, two of the top coaches in America the last 50 years, certainly. Two Hall of Fame coaches, and uh, had the opportunity to work with them. And then you take all the assistant coaches that I've been around. You know, I've been around Dom Capers as a graduate assistant. On it goes. You know, you can look at all the people at Michigan State and all the guys at Ohio State. Luke Fickle was with us at Ohio State. You know, so Mel Tucker, Luke Fickle. Um, myself, Mark Snyder, Jim Haycock, that was the defensive staff at Ohio State when I was there. And, uh, mm. you know, all great coaches, all great football guys, and all great guys that, uh, that have a lot to offer. So there's been a lot of different people that have impacted my life. And I got to say, the one person, my wife, Becky, oh, yeah. is obviously oh, the yeah. boss. I like greatly. So if she sees this video, she knows that. <laughs> but, uh, um, and, you know, and then I've had a lot of people you know, praying for me throughout. So, you know, it's, uh, it's been a combination of a lot of different things. So, you know, I've been, like I said, I've been blessed and my children have been uh, great throughout my family. And uh, so I've got a lot of, a lot of people to thank along the way, but I've got time now. But when you got here, you embraced the rivalry, like you made it a focal point. You knew this fan base, the Spartans constantly felt disrespected felt that they were, you know, not an equal rival to Ohio State. And you grasped that. You caught, you caught the hearts and minds of Spartan, Spartan Nation. And, and, and you did it in a very methodical, deliberate way, intentional way. What, like, what led you to that? What made you, what made you, would you realize this is where we need to take this to take this program to the next level. Yeah, you know, I had the advantage of being, I, I had two, one being at Ohio State as a graduate assistant, so I understood a little bit about that rivalry. And then um, I go to Michigan State as an assistant, six years here, so I get a full taste of that one while I'm here with Coach Saban and then Bobby Williams. I leave and go to Ohio State where I'm back at it with them. And then I come go to Cincinnati where I got a three-year hiatus, and then I'm right back at them. So, you know, I was, I was, uh, I guess, born and baptized with them. And uh, so along the way, uh, you just got a feel for it all, you know. And, uh, you know, it's not so much a dislike. I have a lot of respect for them and what they've done, you know, but... But then, you know, everybody's tossing books at me. I'm reading the book about the, about the, you know, the tradition and how Michigan State got in the Big Ten and all the different stuff. And, and uh, uh, you know, then when I got here, you know, I remember the first, first uh, high school association um, banquet, the, the Dream Team banquet I went to. You know, we got there early. You know, they walked in late. And, uh, you know, I just walked in. And, you know, so, you know, I had to call them out right there. And that's when it really started. So. What would you say at that first Dream Team banquet? I don't remember that. <laughs> what happened? You have to look back. Young man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just, I just said, I said, hey, we're going to, you know, I think I said, we're going to measure up. I said, that's all I would say. Hey, we're going to measure up. 
and that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to measure up. And, and really, quite honestly, if you're going to be a player in this state, whether it's football or basketball, you have to be on equal footing with the people down the road. You have to. If you can't be on equal footing, then then it's going to be hard to ever say you're the best in the state. Um, but if you win your share, you're going to have an opportunity to say that. So, and, that, and that's important in this conference. You know, you got Notre Dame over here, you got Michigan, you got Ohio State, you got Penn State. You know, you got a lot of great football tradition schools here. And I've always tried to say that Michigan State is one of those places that have tradition. Um, and we worked on it very hard here, and we worked on it daily. You, you did. You know, I remember one thing about you was uh, after the 14 game, when we scored at the end of the game, I remember yeah. seeing you in the locker room after the game. I've never seen you so mad, ever. And I, I said to you, I don't know if you remember, I said, uh, uh, Becky's looking for you. <laughs> and you were just irate. And I didn't know what was going on. I didn't realize they put a stake in the field. And you were just, you had some choice words I don't want to repeat right now, but you walked away and I'm like, what the hell is he so mad about? We just won 35-14. And so I, I get in my car and I start driving home and I start reading Twitter and, and I didn't realize they put that stake in that field. And then when I saw the press conference and everything you said, I said, wow. They just, they just don't get it. You know, it was at the end of that ball game uh, was a, was a point of emphasis, and uh, you know that was all running the football down the field, and no huddle. It was not a no huddle offense. We huddled, but we made our point. I've never seen you so mad ever. I don't. I, get there, I don't think. Know. Say it again. I can get there. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's just. It you know and it's 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 a great rivalry right it's a great rivalry and and, I, and, and, and it's good for college football it's good for college football and, you know this is no different than the Clemson Carolina South Carolina rivalry when I played or you know or the Indiana Purdue rivalry it's all the same um, you know they're they're great rivalries and that's what college football is all about so. you talk about <clears throat> being able to you know like you said you saw him really mad Brian after that Michigan game and you know the the way that we know how the little Giants play at the end of that game and, and you suffered a heart attack after that game and you were able to persevere and come back and, and push yourself um, talk a little bit about that as a as a human from the human side of things not just as a coach like what went through your mind I know how close you and the Becky and the girls are you know when you were making a decision to come back in a position that is such a high stress type of position, like being a head coach of Michigan State. Yeah, you know, I said, uh-oh, you know, <laughs> uh-oh, here we go. <laughs> but I think that you had great doctors and, uh, you know, we progressed and uh, didn't do things too quickly. And, you know, that was the season 2010 where, like yeah. I said, we were, we were on a run. Uh, Don Treadwell came in, did a great job. Our yeah. coaches did an outstanding job. And, um, you know, then I got back into it, you know, and, uh, you know, you take baby steps along the way, but, uh, uh, you know, thank goodness I listened to my, my, my body really through that thing. So it was a minor heart attack and, uh, and I haven't had any other problems. So, um, but, um, you know, yeah, that was a part of it, you know, but, uh, 
at that point, you know, you start thinking, okay, how much longer am I going to do this, these type of things because of the pressure and because of the hours and, um, you know, you know, the working, working hours is just strenuous. But, uh, you know, as I continued forward and, you know, we had more success and things of that nature, you know, I felt like uh, I'm okay and everything's good. So we just kept on going and uh, make sure I exercise and got my rest. And, uh, Did it change sure your perspective on life? Like your perspective about yeah. wins and losses? Yeah, I've always said, you know, I don't want to be defined. And even though you say, hey, you won more games than whoever, but than Duffy, but um, I don't want to be defined as that. I want to be defined by my players and who I was as a person to them, mm. what kind of growth they had when, when they played for us and uh, what they're doing now. And that I was able to be a part of their life in a positive way. That's what I try to do. I think coaching is teaching. And so that's what I've tried to do. And, uh, um, you know, that's, that's where I hung my hat, you know, player relationships. And I still think that if you have great player relationships, you know, you're going to get the most out of players and uh, they'll go through a wall for you. And ultimately, because of that, you'll be successful as well. And there's no question about it, Coach. You are definitely known as probably the most trustworthy of coaches in the United States, you know, quite frankly, when in a world where it's not, it's very hard to find. And, Talking about that, you know, persevering through the heart attack and, and being able to listen to your body and watching your stress level and things that happened to you or you, you allowed to come into your, your mind and spirit and soul. Talk about that 2013 game on the road at Notre Dame and when we got these phantom inter interference calls. I mean, the whole world knows about it in Spartan Nation now. We want to know what, what you were thinking. But I'm not coaching anymore. I talk to Bill Carrillo every now and then. Not as much right now, but I used to tell him, Bill, he cost the Big Ten a national championship. Mm -hmm. There you because go. That, we, Damn right. That's exactly that, right. That's exactly right. And, uh, <laughs> now, he didn't cost him, but those officials, and you know, and he was uh, very apologetic about some of those calls. Not all of them, not all five of them, but some of them. We only oh, now five of them. He knows the number. <laughs> <laughs> five PIs. How about the uh, when Langford ran the ball in to win the Big Ten championship in 13? Tell us about that feeling. <laughs> yeah, that was like uh, rubber stamping it right there, buddy. Yeah, that was uh, that was um, that was an unbelievable feeling. I really can say that you know at uh, that evening, you know, we stayed up pretty late as well as, as the players, and uh, probably had a beer with a player or two. I can't. Remember. <laughs> And, As uh, you should observe. I remember very rare, very rare. I was down in bed about two or three in the morning, and uh, saying to Becky, my wife, we're going to the Rose Bowl. Wow! Because wow. You, at that point in time, you know, Mark Hollis had said, you know, we're not going to rest till our cleats are in the middle of that, till the middle of the Rose Bowl, and you know, that was our goal. That was the that was the goal to get to the Rose Bowl. Anything beyond that, you know, um, you know, would come later. Maybe that year if we'd have won, we'd have, I guess the Rose Bowl was still the national championship game that year. So mm -hmm. we sure. So, but, um, you know, that was special. And um, it was special for so many players and so many fans. And, and you know, the, the unique thing about that is that people got there, you know, there's 60,000 Spark fans there. So if you look at when the bus rolled in, there were probably 30,000 fans there waiting, which is incredible. But 
what I what I found was people would tell me, hey, I've got a people would fly from here to Charlotte to LA to get to LA to the Rose Bowl in the middle seat. People were scrounging up their change to get to the, to get a ticket. People were sleeping on or in cars to get it, you know, leaving from the airport. People were doing crazy things to get to that football game. And, uh, you know, just uh, just epitomizes, you know, the Spartan way, really, the hard way. And, Amazing. Uh, so then and, uh, let's go to let's go to 15 in Columbus. Connor Cook's not playing. Hmm. Not a person in America thinks he won that game. Oh. <laughs> We had three yeah. holding penalties against us, I believe, at a halftime. You were irate, I remember. And, and I remember us coming out of the part. tunnel. I remember us coming out of the tunnel, and our kids are excited. They're jumping in the rain, and I see their kids under heaters, and I just knew we we're going to win. I knew that feeling <laughs> and at halftime. Did you, you have know. any doubt we were going to win that game? Well, I had a little bit of doubt. Yeah, of course, it was 14 to 7, I think, at half or something like that, maybe. And uh, I can't remember the score at halftime. But uh, uh, just outstanding play by our defense. Played extremely well. Um, you know, I think L.J. Scott had a had a, had a great last drive. You know, he, he did. A big run off the goal And then uh, Gerald Holmes had some great runs in that football game. Andre mm -hmm. London as well. So we ran the ball. Tyler O'Connor and Damian Terry did a nice job. Uh, Burbage comes up with a big catch. You know, gets knocked, pushed out of bounds, then back in bounds. You know, Trevin Pendleton, um, big kick by Geiger, and windmills it down the field. But, uh, Great. you know, uh, we just believed, you know, and we were sort of a team of destiny that year. You know, we, we uh, I think we go 12-1. and one. But incidentally, you know, if you look at it, I always look back, you know, we were 36-4, and four, or 38-4, 36 or 38-4 until we lost to Alabama. Um, incredible, so an incredible, great run. Um, like they, that period of time. So, but um, so I knew we were close. Knew we were, we were sort of we were sort of winning the the emotional battle. And I think you know what you'll see on Saturday. You know all this leading up to it is 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 all good. But when you get on the field, you know it becomes the the emotion of the football game takes over. It's not the emotion before the football game. That's why I was like chill out. You know. You know, jumping up and down before the game really doesn't get it done to me. It's about what you're doing in the game. Are you jumping up and down in the game? Okay, <laughs> then let's go. But it's always going to be about how how the uh, how your emotion is in the game in the, in the midst of the fight. You know, it's easy to do all that prior to the football game, but you better have it when it comes to the game. You better be able to handle adversity. So that's going to be a, a great great football game that you're going to watch. You know, I got one last story before I let you go. So we're. Matt Ishby and I were in the locker room before the 17 game. And your pregame speech wasn't exactly Newt Rockney-ish. Alert. Yeah. And so we walk out of there, and he's like, what was that? Because he used to Izzo throwing everything and screaming and yelling. I go, I just coach D and the way the kids respond. And we came out in that first half and just dominated. 14-3 in Ann Arbor. He looked at me, he goes, I guess I was wrong, you know? So. Yeah, it's all different ways to get it done, you know. And, uh, for me, it's just like I just said, you know, I'm, I'm going to be the guy on the sideline, you know. Hey, let's get jacked up on the sideline, you know, in the game. Um, but uh, I, I remember that football game. I remember giving Peter Secchia a coat out of my locker. 
so yeah. you can stay warm. Yeah, that's so, awesome. Yeah, Coach, but, uh, it's been great to have you. You're let a that legend. Line out of the cage. Thank you for letting for 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 joining us. What's your prediction Saturday? Oh, you know, go green. My prediction is green. I All can't day. tell you the score. You <laughs> Just got to win by I, one. I win by uh, one. Yeah, it only has to be by one. Just That's has to it. Be by one. But I, I think that uh, there's something to this football team. But, you know, I've watched Michigan, too. They have a very good football team. They're playing very emotional. They're running the football effectively, playing great defense. So it's going to be a great football game. And I think the team that makes the least amount of mistakes always wins the game. So it's about oh. boys. We're going to see you there, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, I'll be there. All, all right. right. I'm looking forward to that. Thank you for hey guys, joining us, so Coach. Appreciate you. We got Mark D'Antonio, MSU's all-time winning as coach. Thanks again, Coach, and go green. No way. Thanks. Take care. <laughs> awesome. What a legend, huh? <laughs> yeah, man. Just a legendary. The best. I'll tell we you. We could talk to him for hours, man. Get some of those stories, like break down that 2013 team. Like really Jeez. go into the emotion of what he cost us a national title. I love that. It's the he truth. Knew, hey, five PIs. He knew, you know. <laughs> Those last two were ridiculous. That's but, us. hey, that was then. That was then. This is now. We got a big one come Saturday. And uh, not straight Thomas. You got any predictions for Saturday? Man, it's Spartans win. That's all I can tell you. I'm not going to get into scores. I'm just going to be just like Coach. Go green. I mean, I think, I think Moose's lock of the week is – <laughs> pretty obvious <laughs> we're not homers not at all but michigan walks into east lansing and takes an ass whooping well not ass whooping but michigan state wins 24 21 we cover we we do cover we're <laughs> minus four michigan's favored by four and a half uh another sign of disrespect which we like and we'll take so vegas uh, disrespecting us Everybody. that's okay we'll take it Everybody, thank you for joining us tonight. It was a pleasure to have Coach D'Antonio. He was absolute. What a treat, huh? He was a treat. Pleasure. Just a treat to have National Coach D'Antonio. Treasure. Absolute treasure. Thank you very much, everybody. We'll see you next week to dissect the game. I am your co-host, Brian Mosalem, alongside my co-host, Jason Strayhorn. Good night, everybody, and go green. Good night. God bless. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 